Well, that was a bummer, ladies and gentlemen. The uh, the San Jose Sharks uh, get bit by the Cobra in overtime. <laughs> Sharks falling to the Ottawa Senators 2-1. to one. Again, that was in overtime. I am Eric Landy, and I am joined by my cohort, Ian Reed. Also, joined by all of you fine people. If you want to be a part of the show, please go ahead and hit us up on the social you can use the Teal Town USA Twitter account to tweet at us. You can find us on Instagram, the YouTube chat, of course, Facebook, SoundCloud, and the Reddits. And for all of the great content that we put out, always check out tealtownusa.com. Ian, I think we kind of don't really care what the outcome is, and why am I not on here? Well, there we go. <laughs> I don't think we care at the the outcome at this point, but what were your thoughts on the game and and where do you see the Sharks uh, kind of going from here? Um, I mean, I don't know. I saw I saw Kurz and he was angry, and it was such a like he was angry that the game. I didn't think it was a boring game. Like it wasn't a good game. Don't get me wrong, right? Like it wasn't. It was definitely not a good game. Um, but I don't think it was boring. Like the Sharks have been in far more boring games than this one. It was like a comedy of errors. This game, like it's the best way I can describe it. Like a, it was just a comedy of errors from like start to finish, uh, in, including the play that led to the overtime goal. And I mean, it's it was like watching a, a high end AHL game. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's uh, you know the best way to put it was. You know, was a high-end AHL game. I mean, both teams looked depleted. I mean, from Ottawa's standpoint, the talent depletion has been noted from, you know, the last two years and in the subtractions that they've made. And in the Sharks, I mean, we can see the absence of of Eric Carlson and and Tomas Hurdle really you know affecting the team i think also to where they have been in the standings and kind of what their fragile mental state is like right now also contributes to their issues and uh, you know you don't like to see this from a process and development standpoint because these are mistakes and especially with with the overtime goal and uh, with how <clears throat> with how Ottawa scored in that first period but it's again it's building those foundations of good play and when you see Brent Burns doing the starfish and taking his own man out of the play you kind of yeah. sit there and you scratch your head like hmm this isn't good foundations well and here's too right because you're talking about like foundations and 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 building up players and and getting experience and stuff and like i don't think i don't remember i don't think the true line played very much in the third period at all like it, it, i you know and i get I, I understand i guess you're trying to win or whatever but like what i don't understand like at this point like let the guys play because you're not playing for anything. Oh, what, are you, what are we playing for tonight? We're going to play because, oh God, we got to make sure the team that we play twice a year and won't meet in the playoffs unless it's the final gets a worse draft pick. Who gives a shit? Like, just play the, you know, play the kids. Give them the, give them the reps. See what they've got. I mean, if you're not happy with what they've got, then make the line changes after the game. I just, I don't understand at this point in the season why you're just going to start benching a bunch of guys just for what? 
Yeah, I and and I totally agree with you. It, we've already discussed that right now the Sharks need to do, to be developing talent and really the the uh, we're at the point of the year and and the Sharks are or where they're at in the standings, and it dictates that they need to be playing their young players more. You know, they need yeah. to have um, Alexander True take, taking off, uh, taking important face-offs in the defensive and offensive zone. You know, you need to have Dylan Gambrell stay on that top line. When, in fact, Dylan Gambrell played pretty well, in my opinion, on that first line. I mean... I don't know. Maybe it's it's uh, Bob Bugner trying to coach for his job, but at this point, the mandate should come from the from the GM. Like, look, you know, this team is going to be reliant upon these kids next year to fill in depth spots, and they need to get time on ice. Like you were saying, Alexander True, eight minutes and twenty seven seconds in the game of ice time. You know, mm-hmm. Auntie Suamella, a guy who I've liked his game, and, and I think that he's progressing along nine minutes, 17 seconds. And then you look over in the defensive ledger, 31 minutes for Brent Burns against Ottawa, and you've got 62 points? Like, what is the point of that? I don't know. I don't know. And, I, and that's the thing, right? I mean, it's hard to get too, like, it's hard to get really upset about anything at this point like overly right like i'm not i know some people would be like oh my god i can't believe they're they're bitching about ice time like i'm not really that upset about it. i just it just puzzles me it's you know it confuses me like i'm not pissed off because let's be honest there's nothing to be pissed off about anymore if we're still getting pissed off at this point in the season knowing what's what i you know i mean we could we come on here and we could yell and scream and, and do whatever but it's pointless at this point like i don't know it makes no sense to me i even if like because even if the, the let's say the cap goes up as much as they say it did and and i feel like we did this last year too remember last year how the cap was going to go up and you know everyone was like riding the big high number that it was supposed to come in at and then it wasn't the big high number right and it was like oh well shit oh, oh my god like so i mean here here's the thing right with, with the cap so with all the players, because this next year was supposed to be, you know, this season coming was supposed to be the big lockout. So a lot of players took a lot of money in signing bonus. So maybe, maybe they kick up the escalator a little bit to, to make the cap a little higher than we think it's going to come in at. But I mean, you're right. Like, I mean, you said it, you said it earlier, like, yeah, the Sharks are going to be able to buy some reinforcements, but it's not going to be to the extent that I think even if the cap's at this bit at its highest amount it's not going to be at the amount people think it is like you're still going to have to plug a few of these guys in next year maybe not six of them or five of them but maybe two no and and you're you're absolutely right and so far as you you can get a few veteran upgrades but again it you're going to be reliant upon depth you know the depth of the organization and right now bob bugner is not doing them any any service by playing them this low and i think you know that this is what i've been preaching since you know it was pretty evident that the team wasn't going anywhere was process 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 Mm -hmm. And, and to see the coaching staff still play to this let's play to win kind of mentality it, it, I mean, you want to see them play a win. Like it, you, you want to see, like you want to, you want to hold, you want to hold guys accountable. The problem that I have is, is the the players that get held accountable 
there's an inconsistency problem. That's yeah. the that that's the problem, right? The players that for for every time an Evander Kane has been benched, you know, another guy who maybe doesn't make, you know, is is not one of the star players. Like Evander Kane gets a shit ton of rope before he's benched. Timo Meyer gets a ton of rope before he, you know, before before the bell tolls. Some of these other guys don't get that same rope, and that's that's the problem I have with it. No, I I I, I see that, and I think you know, for me, the poster child of that definitely is Brent Burns. I mean, Brent Burns consistently makes these defensive mistakes and is not chastised for it it doesn't you know reflect in his ice time you know further on whether he gets you know stapled to the bench or not and and we don't see any kind of of uh accountability you know and and i think that you want to send a message to your star players then look no further than putting brent burns down you know for five ten minutes you know bringing his ice time back in the line of like 20 minutes you know, you want to, you know, you want to really send a message to me. That's that's how you send that message. And I, I, again, I think it stems from Bob Bugner trying to play for a coaching job. I, I, I sure think. Uh, it's got to be a factor. I mean, obviously, he's he's the interim, right? I mean, he's he's coaching every game for his job. His job's not guaranteed next year. And it shouldn't be, in my opinion. But not because I don't like Bob Bugner. I just think that if you're the Sharks and you have an interim tag on a coach and you have the people that are out there and even if you know and i'm and i'm not a super retread guy and i've been on the record for saying this but i still think if if you're going into the summer and and no one scoops up you know uh, a guy like boudreaux like i the shark should definitely make a phone call there they're not beholden to bob so i mean you know i think that everything should be on the table this summer as far as the sharks go yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with you. So, you know, shifting gears a little bit, kind of breaking down the game. Uh, Nick Paul scores 10 minutes, 33 seconds into the first period. Duclair and Hyerluk with the assists there. And, and this is that defensive mistake that I was talking about uh, a little bit earlier on where where unfortunately Dylan Gambrell um, it doesn't tie up the stick of of Nick Paul in the slot mm-hmm. and he's got to have some more awareness um, that there is the puck coming down behind the net you've got somebody parked out in the slot you got to figure that that puck's going to that player and so yeah considering how many like it was one of the it was a nice goal like it was a nice play um there's really nice pass considering how it looked like you had so many sends trapped down low that it didn't really seem like looking obviously like obviously with the the angle on the camera right you're not seeing how wide open that play is um when the pass comes out because it's kind of zoomed in on that play but you figure you have everyone trapped down low and just that sick pass like it was a slick slick pass uh Duclair, I think, was the one that passed it out front. Just really nice play. Um, considering, like, you know, we, we talked about the game being a comedy of errors, but I thought the two the two goals, like, on both sides, they were actually really nice plays that set them both up. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I think you can look at it as, one, getting that pass to Nick Paul that, that took a lot of skill. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe Gambrell is thinking, okay, I've got, you know, I've got my body in front of him. Maybe that's enough. But I also think that it's a little self-inflicted as well. So I think that 
a good play was made and a mistake was made. And when you have those two things coincide together, it normally means there's going to be a goal. <laughs> you know, right. when, when when a team when the team makes a mistake, the defensive team makes a mistake, and the offensive team makes a brilliant play. Again, that I would say nine times out of ten, that's in the back of the net. So uh, <laughs> the Sharks end up uh, coming back and evening it up with uh, Evander Kane's twenty fifth. Uh, goal on the season I believe it's his 13th on the power play Burns and Meyer with the assist there and that one was just a seeing eye you know bat out of midair for Evander Kane and again like you were saying just a really good play in front of the net those are the kinds of goals that we like to see Evander score because they're in the dirty areas you've got a quick shot by Burns that kind of gets everything set up so really, that, that's the way that the power play should be executing because earlier on, the first two power plays that they had generated, uh, what were they doing? <laughs> it looked like Ottawa was playing keep away. Yeah, it all went downhill from like it was after these two goals, it all went downhill from there. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, like the, the, the Evander Kane, like the hand-eye coordination on that is going you know it's 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 wild it's incredibly crazy how that play went in uh, and it's a good goal and it's again it's funny when you look back at the goals for this game because the rest of the game was like i said there's a lot of just unforced errors and just players missing shots that they probably normally wouldn't miss it's just crazy yeah, I mean, combined that uh, that both teams we had over 21 giveaways in the entire game, so it was pretty sloppy. I mean, through the neutral zone, it it looked like you had a lot of breakdowns of plays, a lot of giving the puck over. You know, it just both teams didn't really know what they wanted to do offensively, and it kind of progressed through the second and third periods. You know, I, the the Sharks had eight. Uh, let me hear. Let me see here. Nine shots through the second period. Uh, Ottawa came through with ten and really generated a lot at the back half of the second period. Um, and then going into that third period, San Jose. I mean, they just let their foot off the gas. Only five shots on goal. Were basically under siege for the first fifteen minutes, and then kind of, uh, you know, had a couple of good looks in the latter five minutes. And then I think at the end, I think at the last 30 seconds, Ottawa kind of came in again. And that's also reflected on the shots 13 to five in that third period. Um, really, you know, the Sharks, again, just kind of waned a little bit on the energy there. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, what did you think of um, Knizov, uh his game? I actually liked Knizov's game. I think he, he showed some really good hand-eye coordination with that bat down on the blue line. Um, I liked his willingness to shoot. He even called for the puck, um, you know, a few different times, which is which is good to see a, a rookie, you know, insert himself in the – or not insert himself, but, but really um, uh, force himself to be part of the play you know, involve himself kind of early, and I liked that from his game. Um, to me, he kind of looks in the mold of a, of a two-way type defenseman where he's got a, a pretty good first pass. Um, he's fairly good defensively. Yeah, he's, 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 he's a little bit of an adventure in his own end. I mean, he's not... It's an interesting one when they called him up because, like, his... He's got an interesting tool set. His skating is really good. Like, I think his skating is probably his best attribute. And I think we saw that tonight. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, his offensive toolbox is a little bit limited. His defensive toolbox is okay. It's nothing, I don't think it's anything to write home about. Um, but I thought, you know, I thought, like you said, you know, he, he seemed to settle in, and I thought he, he handled himself pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for his first game, I don't think he made too many major gaffes. I mean, he had one penalty uh, called against him. It was a hold in behind his own net, and it was... It was borderline. I mean, <laughs> you know, I think the game yeah. was, was called. Uh, I think that there were some questionable calls that went both ways. So, you know, I think overall I, I would give him a B minus for his first game. Um, you know, it, it really didn't show me too much of, of like the high end of his skill set. So it would be interesting to see if they continue using him. I think that that's all going to be dependent upon Mario Ferraro and uh, and his health kind of going forward um and then kind of going into that into that overtime period like we both said you know the sharks and brent burns poster child for you know these these risk it all types of maneuvers and he risked it all and he took his own man out of the play (laughs) i mean you know Brent Burns giveth, Brent Burns taketh away. I, I again, I, we we continue about process and we continue about accountability. And right now, there's a clear disconnect between um, what players, where you're, where you are, and so far as like hierarchy and what kinds of accountability you're held to. And mm-hmm. this inconsistency has been something that has permeated since the um DeBoer era you know it was something that we really took issue with during the DeBoer era and it seems like Bob Bugner is continuing to you know implement the same style you know I have yeah there's there's a lot of like I I agree there's a lot of meet the meet the new boss same as the old boss yeah um but I, I, I think, you know, that some of that's going to come from design, too, because, you know, I mean, you got to kind of like there's things that that Bugner has done. Like there's definitely you can see some stylistic changes in what they made. But I mean, you're bringing in basically the same like you're bringing up the guys from the Barracuda, the Barracuda or pace basically again, you know, one thing about Roy Sommer I've always given him credit for is he can coach the minor league team to match the system of the major league team. And, you know, so I think the fact that things didn't change, you know, drastically when considering, you know, you brought up, you you know, you brought up Roy Sommer, you got Mike Ricci on the bench now. I mean, it wasn't like you didn't really go outside the box that you've kind of said, well, we need an NHL coaching staff and, and this arena is kind of empty. Um, so uh, who's on the table that we can put behind the bench? <laughs> right. Right. I mean, you know, it's it's almost like change for the sake of change. And that's not necessarily a good thing. And and I think going forward, like you alluded to, there needs to be an injection of new ideas into this team. I, I really feel like on both the coaching side and the developmental side, there needs to be fresh blood coming into this organization. Because business as usual is not getting it done. You know, we, we, right. we, we've talked about it from the coaching perspective of, of who is being accountable and who is getting the ice time. Uh, you know, it's it, it, giving 
Brent Burns at his age, 31 minutes, just does not Some seem, of the lineup, yeah. Yeah, I know like I'm rep, with you. You know, a recipe for success. Um, all right. Um, Anthony Sanchez. Okay, so there's a lot of coronavirus questions in the chat, and I'm just going to hit this. I, I need to hit this so we can yeah. bat this down. Okay. So I know Anthony asking, you know, will the threat of coronavirus have a negative impact on how Doug Wilson can try and sign free agents? I don't think so because, like, this is going to be – this isn't going to be, when it's all said and done, just a Bay Area problem. It's going to be a massive population center problem because it's a world economy. People travel all the time, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I don't think this is going to have any impact. Um you know, a lot of people talking about like things getting canceled and, um, you know, look at the things that are getting canceled. I'm not, and I'm going to catch hell for this. And in my Twitter for all you people, once you're angry at me is at Ian blogs hockey on the Twitter machine, come and come and get angry at me right now. Um, Uh-oh, here it comes. <laughs> look at the, no, look at the event getting canceled though. And look at the ones that aren't division three basketballs getting canceled. Do you think March madness is getting canceled? I don't think so. Right. Uh, yes, the women's worlds got canceled. Do you think the men's world, the men's worlds might, but the Stanley Cup playoffs sure as hell aren't getting canceled. Like, I, I think that here's the thing with this and I'm not a doctor and hell, I'm not even that smart of a guy, but I can tell you this much. If you, and this is, this is just heart to heart from, from Ian to you, the listener, if you are concerned that you are susceptible or in a high danger group for this virus, don't wait for people to cancel big events. Put your big boy pants on or big girl pants on and don't go yourself and do the, you know, make a decision for yourself. Don't wait for the sharks to make your decision for you. If you think you shouldn't go to a shark game because you're in a high danger group for getting this virus, then don't go. Don't, don't not, don't go to these events and then go, Oh crap, I got this stupid virus. If only they had shut these things down. So I didn't get it. No, like make decisions, be an adult. Like, I don't know. I like, I understand like there's a lot of fear and stuff over this. And I, I think some of this is overblown. And I speak as someone who is diabetic, which means that if I get this thing, this thing's going to kick my ass in. Right. But so I make decisions based on that. Right. I I don't know what's going to happen, you know? And I, I feel like this seems to me. And again, I'm not a doctor. I don't know the figures. I'm not, I, it, it seems overblown to me. It's like, with with social media, these things get blown. I'm not saying out of proportion. Look at people are going to die from this thing, and that sucks. Like, and I and I'm not trying to be insensitive to those people. All right, but like, again, you have to make decisions for yourself. Don't don't wait for people to make decisions for you. That's that's really my point. Because what are you going to do, right? Like, so so the thing is. I don't think nothing's going to get canceled and I don't think it's going to have any effect on free agency and it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, like you were saying, most population centers are going to have this issue. So whether you're in the Bay area, whether you're in Toronto, whether you're in Montreal, you know, it it doesn't really matter. I mean, this, this issue is, you know, uh, human to human contact, you know, uh, animal to human contact 
you know, it's 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 here. It's going to happen. I mean, I'm in San Diego, for instance, and a guy who works at an AT&T wireless store went to work with the virus, was helping customers, you know, and now his co-workers are now having to be quarantined. His co-workers have kids that go to preschool, so they have to be quarantined. I mean, look, it's just it, it's common sense people you know if you're not feeling good don't tough it out you know keep yourself at home get better if you're get better yeah if you're high risk i mean so that's diabetics or people with with renal diseases you know people <laughs> yeah i know I, I know ironic but you know seriously people who have issues with the kidneys need to be very very careful if you're you know a older or if you're younger again you're in the high danger zone and and need to take care of yourselves so like i've said there's no need to overreact but be vigilant you know be vigilant yeah i'm not saying like i'm not saying you know like you know am i saying bathe and sanitize no but you know wash your hands do all the things you would normally do to not get sick like that's like i'm not saying this thing like like this thing is going to kill people and that is unfortunate like, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to downplay, like, the, the severity of the thing. I'm just saying, you know, use your own common sense. Be vigilant. Don't 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 go to a big public events if you get sick easy and then complain that they should have shut down the public event. That's just my opinion. Let's get off this topic now. because we're <laughs> Yeah. And, and it's and in so far as, you know, what will happen events wise, just affecting the sharks. Um, you know, I believe that if it if it does go a little bit more wider, I think what we're going to see is um, the game be close to the public, and I think we'll they'll just play to empty arenas. You know, we we've seen that before. In other the league didn't shut down when like the league got the mumps. Right. The league didn't shut down. Like H one N one, the league didn't shut down. It's not if if there's money to be made, then money's going to be made. That's right. that's the reality of it. I it would have to get really. It would have to like if if we're get to the point where things are getting shut down and then things have already gone way off the rails. Agreed. Like this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, uh, you know, kind of going forward, then I, I think somebody brought up a really good segue point is a uh, free agents and uh, you know, like like we were saying a little bit earlier, drafting and developing. Okay. So if you're Doug Wilson and you've got the grocery list going into the free agent period, Ian, what what is your number one highest priority thing that you want to get done in this in this uh, off season? A goalie. A goalie. Okay. And yeah, it's still a goalie. I mean, you can't come back with the same goaltending. Period. Can't do it. So chances are you're coming back with Martin Jones and. Of late, that doesn't seem like a terrible idea. Martin Jones has had some really good games. But, you know, um, for me, it's good. Martin Jones is going to have to do yeoman's work to to rebuild trust that has been lost there, in my opinion. So you have to bring in you have to bring in a one a one a one B guy. Yeah. I You know, I look at at Jacob Markstrom, you know, a, a guy who will see if he gets the open market. Vancouver seems to be pretty intent on on resigning him but i think that there's also been some scuttlebutt that uh the two parties are kind of wide in the negotiations on on where you know he kind of ranks and and what he's his value is so you know he's a guy that i look at but of course you're going to have toronto be hot on the heels if if you're hearing Mm -hmm. everything about 
you know, um, and or uh, yeah, no, not Anderson. Um, excuse me. Oh, come on, come on, Eric. Well, they, they've got Jack Campbell now. Campbell, and then who? Freddie Anderson. Yeah, Freddie Anderson and uh, yeah, I knew Jack Campbell are their current goaltending tandem. So, I mean, maybe there's a trade to be had there because there are some, you know, there are some people saying that Freddie Anderson could be moved if, the, if anything like catastrophic happens in, in Leafland, whether that be missing the, the playoffs or um, having another bow out in the first round. So, I mean, maybe that there's a trade there. You take my problem, I take yours kind of deal. Um, and that might be a, a, a good one to kind of circle around. Um, you know, Carolina, I think, um, is is still kind of got issues there with the goaltending and, and what they want to do. I mean, Florida, <laughs> you know, the $10 million man that is, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky is not right. living up to that contract either. So there's no shortages of, of, of teams with goalie issues. And if the Sharks could somehow swing a deal where, again, it's a your problem for my problem kind of deal, I, I you know, I think that that's kind of the first avenue I look at. Then kind of explore the free agent avenue because you know that the free agents are going to be expensive. Um, so yeah, I, I I agree with you on the goaltending there. You you have to bring somebody new there, you know, and so you can't keep both Dell and you can't no and uh jones no because i feel like even like dell of late is kind of returned to earth i didn't think he had a bad game tonight um but he's but he's come back down to earth a little bit uh after that that hot run that he went on Um, and that's the problem right 947 save percentage 35 of 37 um saves so i mean you know if you're getting 947 save percentage not bad yeah, no, but I mean, Jones has been like, and and again, to to his credit, Jones has been better of late too. But you can't come back with the same two guys, and and like, you've had two see, you know, like I understand that they've been better of late, and you, I've liked some of the things that I've seen from Jones. But again, it's like, you know, I think a guy that you could look at who's having a really good season now, but still like, um, there's still you know confidence issues there. You look at Jake Allen. Jake Allen's had a hell of a season, but because of the history, because of the baggage you would never know it talking to some blues fans. Like whenever anything goes wrong, it's like, Oh my God, Jake Allen, he's fucking terrible. And, you know, I think Martin Jones is, unfortunately he's going to have that kind of road to come back from. Yeah. As far as like confidence in the fan, like fan confidence in him, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's some fans that don't remember what happened two weeks ago. And then I wish I could be like that. (laughs) No, I I think you're totally right there. I think, You've got to got to focus on on doing something different. You know the status quo just just won't uh, you know cut it anymore. And and yeah. so I think goaltending is a good place to start. I agree. Uh, and then depth forwards. Yeah. Well, I I was going to say even high end right winger, right? Because right now the audition for right winger has has been open all year, and. You know, nobody has grabbed that spot. You want Kevin. Yeah, to take but you it. don't have the money to go. Like you, the problem is, is you don't have the cap space to go high end. You, you have to settle for good. Right. Well, just I need a I, guy who's <laughs> good to kind of take a take a spot and just sit there, right? Like, because you're not going to get like you're obviously you can't you're not going to get like a a top line right wing, at least to not have cap space left over. So, um, you just got to find a guy who maybe gets a rub off of you know. Someone who excel like gets 
the rub off of playing with a better player and, and you get a little more out of them than you would normally. Yeah, I, I agree. I, you got to find maybe somebody who's had a, a dip in, in their season this year. See if you can't bring them in via trade or, you know, signing a, a, a depth guy or, or a guy that is, again, the market's a little soft on. I think you're, you're right there. Um, and then for me, I think number three in the checkboxes is, again, addressing the scouting and development group. Because oh, I mean, off the ice, there's. I think there's plenty to look into off the ice. I, I was just focusing on the ice. Off the ice, I, I haven't really changed my tune for off the ice. I still think that, um, I, 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 I we like. And here's the thing, right? Because after the trade deadline, I think Doug Wilson kind of build up a little more cachet. But I'm not impressed. I mean, we know he can trade. Right. It's everything else. Right. Yeah. I mean, and and that is. You know, I think on on a good portion of the fan base's mind is just, you know, has Doug Wilson's time kind of run out? Has he had too many chances, too many kicks at this can? And and does somebody new with some fresh ideas need to come into this thing? I I, I mean, it's a good point. I I it's not necessarily a wrong take. I think, like you said, anything is is on the table at this point with just yeah. how bad the season is. Yeah, I, I think, and that's the thing. I think that if, I think that's what you want. I think you just, if you're, if you're a Sharks fan, you want some honest, like introspective look on this team this summer. But I just don't think you're going to get that because I feel like, um, look at, I, I feel like Hasselplatner, Doug Wilson still has Hasselplatner's ear and he sure as hell has his wallet. Thank God. Um, so I mean, it, it is what it is. And I know some people are, you know, and some people are just because hard because you can do, you could do worse than Doug Wilson. I think you could probably do better, but you could also do worse. And I think that's another thing that, you know, sometimes the devil, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's the devil, you know, versus, versus the unexpected and, and the, uh, you know, untapped. So you know, right now, as we're talking about cap space, we're at 81.5 mil. Uh, there had been some rumors and some scuttlebutt coming out of the GM's meetings that uh, we're in store for an 83.9 uh, cap going into next year. There was even some speculation on an $88 million cap, um, and I believe that that included the the players using their 5% escalator. That would be the full escalator, which I don't. See, I think that's I, like I think they'll use more of the escalator, but they're going in like you're still where there's they're going to go into a no negotiation to do a CBA eventually. And this is one of their big sticking points. And you kind of lose a little bit of leverage when you use the whole damn thing and then cry about it. Right now. Now, that being said, a lot of players are again, I said this earlier in the show. I've said this on Twitter a lot. A lot of the players are getting a lot of money in signing bonuses next year. Because of the potential, yeah, because cap, of the lockout. Yeah, the, the so lockout So they wanted protection. the lockout protection. Right. Now, because of that money, that money doesn't get hit by escrow. So if enough players have it, and you know, they might vote against their own self-interest, but I, I have to think as a union, they're going to be like, okay, guys, you can use a little bit of it, but we're going to look really stupid if you vote for the whole thing and then try and go into a negotiation and fight to try and get rid of it. Right. I, you know, I tend to believe that we're going to kind of come in at the middle. I think, you know, 
two and a half percent to three percent escalator is is kind of where I'm putting it at. Um, and then as far as the HRR revenue increasing, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think we're seeing. I, Again, I think we're seeing maybe a one to two million dollar bump. So I, I'd say. Uh, safe and, and here's the other thing too, though. If and and here's the other thing, and, and I know we we weren't supposed to go back here, but if some, a bunch of people start getting sick and the gate gets really soft in the playoffs, that's yeah. gonna hurt. Yeah, that will like, hurt. That is that is going to hurt yeah. badly. Um, breaking no morning skate for tomorrow's game. I'm not really shocked by that. You have the you lose the hour. Or do you gain an hour? I don't know. No, lose, lose the hour. Yeah, you lose the hour. You back to backs. Yeah, I'm not really shocked that there's no morning skate. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with you there. It's it's not uh, not too surprising. And uh, you know, so we were talking a little bit on the cap there, and and again, I think safe, realistic expectations should be about eighty four. You know, I think that's what I. I mean, yeah, you you hope for the best, but you got to plan for you got to plan for not. You know, I'd plan for it being somewhat soft, and um, and then if you get more, then great. It's right. kind of it's found money at that point. I mean, it's all found money, but um, definitely. I mean, if if you can get it up, like I mean, as Shark fans, we should be all crossing our fingers that it goes up to eighty eight because I think you can you can buy your way out of some of these problems that you have. And let's be honest, if you look at the division, like the points and everything, like it's kind of the sharks could be right back in this next year. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think that there is, is, I think what we should be concerned with is, is having another soft season. Right. I I think like the, like the group was saying, you know, it's a, it's a good team that's had a bad year and, and everybody decided to have really soft years all at the same time. Everything went wrong, like death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. For sure. You know, and, and again, you know, we, we talk about scheduling that was against them. You know, when you've got to play three straight games against Vegas to open up your season, having, you know, like we've said, the, the turnstile that that was the preseason where you had guys shuffling in and out and not really getting a lot of practice time and not getting a lot of reps. You know, that screwed them up. And no one. Well, yeah. And, and, and then the other thing, too, is, I mean, you can talk about practice, you can talk about reps, but I mean, no one really grabbed the no one really grabbed the ring either yeah at the end of the day you know none of the none of the younger kids kind of stepped up for you so yeah you know it was it was definitely murphy's law everything that could go wrong went wrong basically so i you know i I, i'd say next year i think we should have some expectations for for playoffs i but i don't see this as a division winning team I, i'd say that this oh is no a... no no i this could like i'm not saying like they're gonna bounce it back and like win the pacific next year i'm just saying like but i don't think you know if you have half the things break right if you get just league average goaltending for half the year like the first half of the season like by the time they started getting decent goaltending well then they stopped scoring of course because why not <laughs> right and it's just like everything by but by the time that happened you started getting adult tanning but you were already out of the you were out right no i and and you know i think what they're gonna have to figure out going forward is can you ride with these two wild horses on the back end with both brent burns and eric carlson you know has that experiment played itself out and and to the point where you can now kind of gather the data and and understand okay does this experiment work or does it not work 
I, I, you know, I, you've got pretty massive commitments on that back end. I mean, we've all talked about it. Oh yeah. And, and so maybe this is the time to start exploring trading one of the big pieces on the back. Well, I think if, if this, if we're talking, if we're having the same conversation next season, I don't, I think everything like, if we're having this conversation this time next year, I would I can't imagine them going into the offseason without absolutely everything on the table at that point. Right. Right. I think nothing would be untouchable. Um, so, you know, it, it'll be interesting. I think I think going into the offseason will definitely be interesting to see how Doug Wilson tackles the problem. Uh, as Sharks fans, I think you should temper your expectations on massive changes, um, you know, outside of a new coach. Maybe outside of of getting picking up a player, I think it's probably going to be status quo for the most part. You know, you might see them bring in another goaltender. Um, you know, and and I, I you know, I I just I want to caution people to thinking that that a lot of things can be done. You know, because like AJ is saying, you know, who takes Burns' contract that you know, perfect point or, or of last. For sure. There's you know. a lot of, I mean, yeah, I mean, we could, we, I, I mean, we've, we could do this. And I think we've, we've done this too. Um, it, you, I mean, there's a lot of things that have to, but I, again, just because everything's on the table doesn't mean that something is going to get done. But I just feel like, you know, if you're, if you're in this spot next year, then yeah, it's overdue. It's overdue. You're in trouble now because now it's no longer, a blip in the radar. Now it's a trend, right? And right. you're trending the wrong direction as a team that wasn't really built to trend this direction this quickly. Like we all knew, like when these contracts were over, there was gonna be pain. They weren't supposed to happen, you know, one, two, three years into these contracts. That's the problem. Right. Exactly. I mean, I don't think anybody saw that happening in the first year of Eric Carlson's contract, right? I mean. You know, well, yeah, and then or the you know the second year of Vlasics or you know X number of Burns and X number of Coutures and you know all the like you you sign these deals because again the goal was you were going to win early and then you were going to deal with the pain like basically Chicago. Yeah, who takes Burns' contract and on his three-team trade list? Right, I mean Puck. That's I, the problem. Yeah, yeah. You, you, those those things coming to coalescing together, it's going to be really difficult. Um, uh, AJ saying DW is already all but guaranteed. Marlon Thornton are back next season. Uh, yeah, and yeah, don't be started. Yeah, uh, Skyler saying at least we have a first round draft pick. I mean, it's a glorified yeah. second. You know, I mean, again, Doug Wilson did do some good um, getting back into the first round. <laughs> Although, you know, the way that he spends his currency, it wouldn't surprise me if they're not picking there. You know, whether it's... Oh, I wouldn't surprise me. I, again, like, you know, and that's that, that goes back to the thing, right? Like, a lot of things can be true. Right. I mean... You yeah. know, like, it's not black and white. Like, you, you can be upset at some things that Doug Wilson does, and you can still praise him for others. That's how these things work. It's not black and white. It's not, he's a terrible GM, or he's the best GM in the entire universe. Like, there's things, there's aspects of Doug Wilson's job that, that I truly admire, and he's done some things that I truly... All right. Well, hopefully you guys are still seeing me. <laughs> uh, you know, unfortunately, these things happen, and and as they do, well, then we get my mic back on the form. There we go. 
Uh, Ian, let me get you on here and uh, fix this up. The magic of uh, of the program we use it's a it's an amazing program for sure. So there we go. All right. I don't know why it's so low, but hey, we make it happen. All right. Let's see here. Ian, are you around? I was gonna get Ian back on here. <laughs> All right. Ian, let me get you logged back in here. I don't know what happened to you guys, but <laughs> oh no! Yeah, well, you know, and and of course, I love how I get blamed for it, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. All right, let me make sure you. Uh, I am live right now. I'm trying to make sure you get on here and uh, see if we can get you on. If not, well, uh, maybe we'll just wrap this bad boy up. But you guys are... Yeah. Yeah, let's just end it and go to Discord. Yeah, I think that's what we'll end up doing. So <laughs> that'll do it for us. In case you missed anything or you want to watch this again boy howdy check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher whether it's apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, youtube soundcloud stitcher you name it out oh, there now you now you finally jumped on uh we'll be back with you uh following the uh tomorrow night between colorado and san jose that's a seven o'clock start on nbcsn so we will be your live your only post game show that night so until tomorrow keep it real keep it teal keep it real teal we'll see you then and don't forget puck knowledge is also tomorrow as well have a great night everyone jump on over to discord Meh. Meh.